What's your favorite coffee mug? Is it one of those objects that you own that brings you joy of some kind? This one right here is mine. I like a lot of things about it. I like the weight of it, how the handle is shaped, its thickness, uh, the amount of liquid it carries, the company I got it from, shout out White Pine. Even the way I get a good inhale of the coffee smell as I drink my morning cup. If you're someone who can relate, then I imagine you're someone who likes a good cup of joe from time to time. And you're certainly not alone. Hang on, give me just a... Let me just... The God's Nectar. The National Coffee Association just released a study this year which actually stated that 64% of Americans are indeed coffee drinkers. Do the math... That's about 211 million people or so. The average coffee consumer drinks two to three cups per day. I think it was 2.7 on average cups per day. And about 150 million of us consume an estimated total of about 400 million cups per day, averaging out at over 140 billion cups per year. Now expand that into a global scale where the U.S. only ranks 11th, believe it or not, for overall yearly coffee consumption, and we can see how the sheer volume of coffee being produced must just be hilariously, but concerningly gigantic amounts. Let's just state something important here. The coffee industry as a whole is completely unsustainable by design, period. I wish this kind of thing were something we could just ignore, but this is 2020. We have to think about these kinds of things and take serious worldwide action moving into the future if we want to preserve any of it. But let's remember something important about industrial change. The biggest catalyst for true and impactful change begins where you are locally. Remember the words of Teddy himself. Do what you can with what you have where you are. Joining me on the show today is the very passionate and knowledgeable Ty Paluska from the local and fantastic company Doma Coffee. We met about two years ago, most fittingly uh, during Dopio Gang's panel discussion, which we both spoke at regarding sustainability or lack thereof, I suppose, in the coffee industry. We've been trying to get together ever since, so I am very stoked to have him here for you guys. We recorded this interview last week today and just had a blast nerding out on all things coffee for a little while. I'm very excited. So let's get started with episode 15, Coffee, part one. Welcome to the Sustainable Culture Podcast, guys. I'm Jet. I have with me here my good friend Ty Paluska. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm excited you're here. How long have we been trying to get in the same room? I mean, <laughs> it's been it's been a minute. Since it's been... since uh they did we did the event over at um at the time it was Strata. Strata, yes. What's up, Strata? Bye. Bye, Strata. May you be missed. Um now created coffee. Yes. Um, 
thanks to uh, our good friends Tyler C yeah, and Hagen. Um, yeah, you guys. Man, I remember that was set up and it was kind of an out of nowhere thing. It was called. This is a fun story about this, by the way. Um, this was the origin of the name Sustainable Culture Podcast because that event was called Sustainable Culture, named by Tyler C. Actually, I think he came up with the name. So, so Tyler, yeah, we connected at that event. Yeah, yeah, we met then, and we talked about sustainability in coffee in a very broad sense. But but we did talk about it. It was spoken. About. It was spoken, and now we've been yeah we've been trying for that's been a couple has that been two years, almost. Uh, I don't know. Not quite it two years. Like it's... Not quite two years, but it's been over a year ago. Okay. I know it's been longer than a year. So we've, <laughs> so Ty and I have been trying to get in the same room, and both of us suck at texting back. That's true. We've discovered. <laughs> yes. Like I think, I because we're both busy, and uh, Ty. De- well, Ty, I'll let you explain it. What What do you? Where do you come? Where Why does I here? thou come from, <laughs> sir? <laughs> um. Well, I am not native to this area. I am from Illinois, from the Midwest. A little Ooh, the flyover town area called Peoria, Illinois, right? The heart of Illinois, as we call it. Yeah. From there, um, and started working in coffee. I guess I'm here because I I like coffee and I care about sustainability. Mm-hmm. But I started in coffee when I was 19, uh, working for the first Starbucks in town, which wasn't even a real Starbucks. It Whoa. was at the Barnes and Noble. Oh Nothing. yeah, yeah. It was one of those in between Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, we we don't really work for Starbucks. I didn't even drink yeah. coffee. I like, I was like a caramel cream frappuccino guy. Oh man! And then I thought I was I remember awesome those days, because though. I started drinking like a regular yeah caramel frappuccino. I was like I like coffee now. Um, I love and, that. <laughs> anyway, that that was my beginning, man. And that was so many of us. That was sixteen years ago. Sixteen years ago, so many of us began in Starbucks our coffee lives yeah totally a lot of us are still yeah. there i mean i that's why i got into coffee i was like man like i don't yeah. even like coffee it's just something about it even in high school i was like this this coffee thing like brings people together yeah this is cool yeah and i, I remember learning it. about that community aspect actually from starbucks training videos like because they they do focus right. on that it was it was starbucks, always really they're funny. still great they're still great at at you know customer service and yeah all that yeah, the coffee not so much, and all, but but yeah. the the hospitality factor and the customer service is is pretty. pretty they ha- they hire good people. I had, <laughs> I have a I have this friend, and um, I'm not going to shout her out by name because I don't know if she wants me to do this, but <laughs> but I have this friend in here in town who uh, posted this thing, and it was one of those. Uh, I'm going to pick on Starbucks for a second, but it, you know it had one of those. Um, what do they call it? The cold cold foam. Oh sure. Thing um they have that cold uh, who knows cold brew with the cold foam <laughs> and and first off if you look up the ingredients of cold foam it's like sugar with more sugar and we also put powdered sugar like it's it's just tons of and then we blend it. I should try that. It's great. <laughs> it's this is delicious and like um so they that's their cold foam and then they have yeah there's tons of sugar in that and then on the label on her drink it was just like it showed how much extra stuff she put in it. And it was like so many pumps of things <laughs> that were all sugar laden syrups. And she was like, best cold brew in town. Prove me I wrong. I love my coffee. And she said, prove me wrong. And I, and I couldn't resist. I had to send her a thing. And I was like, okay, any coffee that needs that much sugar on it to taste good is not good cold brew. 
And that is objective. Borderline even coffee. Yeah, that's objective. It's not even coffee anymore. Yeah, right. How do you do you even taste oh, the wow. coffee at that point? That's fun. So yeah, so yeah. I, I started, I, that's where I got my beginning in coffee and kind of one thing led to another. Worked for a mom and pa shop in Illinois. Started managing that shop. Then me and a couple pals uh, started our own roastery and cafe and in Peoria, and that was successful. Uh, it's called Thirty Thirty awesome. Coffee. Check them out. Dirty Thirty. Thirty Thirty. Thirty Thirty Coffee. Thirty Thirty. It is my gene size. Yeah. I'm a small man. Nice. But that is not what it's named after. Yeah. Um, it is named after the latitudes between which coffee is grown. So thirty degrees north of the oh, equator. Oh yes, of course. Just thirty degrees south of the equator. At least for now, climate yeah. change, as we'll get to. But should is sort of affecting that. But thirty thirty, that's where it comes uh, from. yes, still could, exists. Could pass for gene size. <laughs> yeah, but not. But that's uh, not what it's for. Not nearly as cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I sold my um, sold out of that, and um, started working for Doma. In yeah. Illinois, I'm an, I'm an import. Doma imported me. So, so Doma Coffee out of Post Falls. So did you get the job offer to work for Doma, and then you moved? No, a kind of mutual friend sought us out. Really great. Green, oh, awesome green uh coffee importer called cafe imports like, oh i love one, cafe one best, imports like yeah we briefly talked about them the other day yeah so yeah a good friend of mine and mentor joe morocco um he um connected me with with uh, terry who is the owner and Excellent. um said they were looking for a sales person and i was like yeah. i never done sales before but i've worked in coffee for a long time so it's easy uh, enough to sell something you like. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, and it's been it's been great. We've grown yeah. a lot since I've been here, and I love it. Now my, I have three little kids and an amazing wife, and we're we're here and make our home in Post Falls now. Yeah, you guys are an adorable family. Well, thanks, man. Always always having a good time. It yeah. looks like yeah. Oh, yeah. And and cheers by the way. Cheers. Uh, man, Ty was a, a a bro, and was like, hey, we both just got off work today. Here's a beer, and I was like, oh my god, this is the best best thing. Yeah. So we're going to enjoy a beer. Ten Barrel, which I pick specifically because they do a 1% back to the planet. Shout out so, Ten Barrel for... Some people have their feelings on Ten Barrel. They're kind of sold out or whatever, but at least they yeah. they do that. They do the 1% back. A lot to the of good stuff so. comes out of Bend, Oregon. Yeah. Um, not just beer, <laughs> but also really beautiful land. And I used to go hiking out in the Sisters Wilderness a lot. And if you ever go hiking in the Sisters Wilderness, you can see... Not just the three sisters peaks, but you can also see, um, what do they call it? Broken top, the fourth one. And then if you get in just the right hike, you can also see Mount Bachelor. Oh, nice. So you're like in the middle of five Cascade peaks um, right there. And you, it's it's nuts. Sweet. It's one of those areas where you're like, this is God's country. I know, there's so many things to check out out here. That's what. Yeah, <laughs> it's big, big really part. amazing. You know, before we get into it. I want to. I, I we started this last time, and those of you who watched um, the last episode that we talked about slowing down and it's okay to be stressed out because we're all struggling right now. <laughs> episode, Heard. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was last time with Bree, which was a really fun episode. It was actually two hours. That was our longest one that we've done so we'll far. Try to be quicker than that. Well, it was yeah, <laughs> definitely. It was it was ironic that it was that long actually because we were like, yeah, we're talking about slowing down, struggling. And stuff like that. And here we are at the hour 45 minute mark or whatever it was. But during that, we shared some good news and sustainability. And I want to share some again because I just think it's a good habit to keep up because there's a lot of bad news going around. Totally. And I think uh, I think we should share some. But before I ask you, before I share this, I want to ask you first, um, what's the, if you think about it, what's the grossest thing 
you've ever eaten oh. that you can think of? The grossest thing. What's one of the most like disturb? Like you were like, I'm gonna eat this, or even after you ate it, you were like, oh god. Like texture? Are you a texture? Yeah, person? I'm a texture guy. So like something uh, like a like octopus. Ooh, likes the slimy. He didn't the slimy like slimy octopus. Yeah, no, that, that that kills me. What about if some what were what would you say if someone were to come up and go, I have a really good idea. It's a new protein source. <laughs> Already, I'm scared. But yellow mealworms. Try some. That's what Your I feed. Like, right that's what I feed. Like, like my cri- like my like uh, lizards. We have little lizards. They're not oh like yeah. Actual. Me- I don't know what they technically are, but they're yellow like a... and they're yeah. <laughs> it's no. like lizard food. Lizard food, man. <laughs> the idea. I mean, so I read this article today, and I think you understand. I'm going with yellow wheel- mealworms here. Um, so that mm. these guys have, and hear me out. Just hear me out. The, the and I know like a lot of people are, are talking about like grasshoppers. Yeah. That's a common thing in Mexico and a lot of South, excuse me, South America and stuff. And, you know, I don't know. It, this this is an interesting thing. These scientists have figured out evidence that um, there are some, there are insects called yellow mealworms. They've previously been very commonly overlooked. And they could actually be used as an alternative protein source for lots of other things like like chickens and um, other animals and farm animals that actually eat bugs and stuff and it could their their excess actually their what they poop out if you will is apparently ideal for like you know using for fertilizer and stuff okay. like that as well so we can actually get something so out it's of it. feed for the animals or or you're saying it's so it's, it's both... something that we would eat instead of animals well they want to figure out a way to, I'm to just, work just, that just, out just be vegan yeah yeah exactly yeah. eat some beans <laughs> i'll just be vegan yeah, yeah. can you imagine like these scientists yeah, are like we figured it out <laughs> like, yeah. the most perfect alternate like protein source there's been so much research Veganism millions of dollars of funding put into this and we're like you know i'm just gonna not eat fast. meat yeah I'll, I'll just i'll just eat plants. if it's gotten that bad where we're looking for yellow mealworms i'd rather just not I'm eat it's gonna pass i'm good <laughs> Not to discredit your great news. This is good news. Sorry. This is that is news. so funny, though. Like, be like, thanks, Doc. Uh, I'll just eat my salad, though. I'll just have the I'll salad. I'll put some pinto on there. That's like what you do when you go somewhere and you're, you're the vegan and all they have is side salad. That's like all you can get. You're like, I'll just take the salad. That's yeah. exactly what that <laughs> So much of a better reaction than I was anticipating. So that's our good news for the day. We might be able to use... <laughs> We might be able to use yellow mealworms, um, but you know what? Depending on who you are, you might be into that idea. Totally. Well, but... it could be feed. If it's feed too, as a way to yeah. Maybe well, if it's creating some other waste that is going to be exactly. Well, and that's what it that's, says right yeah. here. And it says you know useful in the pet food industry as an alternative protein source. Chickens like insects, and maybe one day humans too, because it's alternative source of protein. Maybe humans. Maybe, I like how maybe. he said that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe humans one day when we've gotten less queasy. Yeah. We're talking about coffee. Yeah. I have some other news. Well, finally. It's, good, it's a good segue. Oh, yes. A good and segue. You, you mentioned you had good coffee news. Yes. What was the good sustainability. coffee? So there is a cafe, and I believe they started roasting their own coffee, but I just had it, actually. I was in Denver. Got a new new account in Denver, which I'm super stoked about. Congratulations. Thank you. 
Um, and we get the Doma behind the scenes. I was look there, <laughs> and I've been reading a lot about this company called Amethyst. Okay. And um, they have great, great coffee. They've been known for their coffee. Went and got the coffee, and it was fantastic. Had a nice macchiato, like a legit macchiato. Like yeah, like the teeny like, tiny guys. Like a, yeah. Equal parts milk and equal parts espresso, and a great cup of coffee. But anyway, I was reading a, kind of about it while I was in the Uber on the way there, and I'm like, holy cow, these guys just um, reopened from COVID, and part of their reopening was they increased their menu by 50% and eliminated tips, and they are now paying every employee $50,000 a year. Living holy wage. crap. So that's incredible. They've kind of taken the plunge to say, look, so talk about sustainability. It's already, which we'll get into. It's already hard enough for the farmers to yeah. sort of, you know, for coffee in itself to be sustainable. But the old other factor we always forget about is just it being a living wage. It's just a, yeah. a, a someone working in coffee. It's very rare to be able to make oh, a career yeah. out of it. We've let, alone, let alone a, a you know living a wage. So these guys now oh are making. Gosh, yeah. They're working on paying them fifty thousand dollars a year. So wow. and so it's no tip. So, so no tips. They, they eliminated basically, the tips. Basically, if you looking at all the tickets and the sales, they've de- sort of determined that it's really only about it's about a twenty to thirty percent increase by the time. But it kind of makes up for all those assholes that don't tip, yeah. you know, um, yeah. that should be. Yeah. Um, and not understanding that, you know, it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of work. The stress that you're put under while also talking to people. And making, and like, being cheery the perfect drink. Making you, it you absolutely go to those places, perfect. ideally, and you're paying for quality, you know, and we'll get into that. Right. But um, good on them. And I think so we're going to be I'll be definitely that's be paying amazing. attention to watching that to see how that how that's going to pan out. What was the um, name of the them. shop? Amethyst. Amethyst. And yeah. where was it again? In Denver. They believe they have they have two locations. It would be Colorado. Yeah. Those guys. I know. They got it figured <laughs> out. So they're full speed ahead into the future, yeah. those guys. Yeah. They're and like, they just got going. dumped on with snow after having a ninety degree ninety degree day. So <laughs> another another climate change. It's all there's so many things happening. There's a, yeah. <laughs> right now that is we like, just like what's so gonna re- happen. It's so next? relevant. This yeah. podcast is very relevant, whether you want to believe it or not it, it it totally is yeah well well and that's that's the funny thing about having a show on like not just sustainable practices but sustainable actual communities and the way that we talk to each other and all that stuff is because you you have to you end up getting into stuff that you would never think and you're like but wait it has to do with sustainability somehow and you're like oh you got me you know and <laughs> it's just it's been like that for a while you so, got me. Yeah. Oh, oh caught me talking again. Talking about sustainability again. I knew you'd get around to it. I thought we were talking <laughs> about groceries, and uh, you're talking about <laughs> supply it's, chains. It's, it's in everything, man. <laughs> it, it really is. It's everywhere. Open um, your eyes, people. Yeah, open your eyes, man. <laughs> I've seen mind. some stuff, man. I mean, that that's how I feel when I study um, certain aspects of sustainability, especially supply chains, actually, as, as I joke about it. And you're like, oh, my God. There's so many opportunities. Totally. But coffee, for example, I mean, coffee is a huge industry, which is an understatement. We know coffee is a big industry. Um, but just to take a second to address how big this it's the second most popular drink besides water, which is really saying something. You can go almost to any country and pretty much any kind, which, by the way, I guess Scandinavia is destroying coffee intake. Um, for the world they 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 consume more coffee than anyone anyone all of scandinavia they have some good coffee there. 
They do. They, they drink it more than, than anybody, yeah. apparently. Um, which I thought, I was kind of surprised. I thought for sure it'd be the U.S. But it's Scandinavia. But, you know, anyway, it's it's the biggest... Drinking coffee is like the most American thing you can do, you know? So I know. Boston Tea Party. Well, yeah, we have multiple jobs, <laughs> and, like, we have to stay awake 18, 19, yeah. 20 hours a day and all this stuff. And we have coffee shops on, like, every street corner. I thought for sure that we would really consume more. That that way i would sell yeah. so much more coffee guys do you really want scandinavia to beat us <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're losing yeah, yeah. <laughs> is america a loser that no. one no i don't think we're so. the best we're the best we're the best we're the best we're beautiful we're perfect yeah <laughs> yeah as far as global market i don't know what the actual numbers are i mean they're huge they're i do know 235 that billion 240 billion something like it's that the this is their argument here but for they say it's the second most traded commodity next to oil. Yeah. Now that I've heard, and I was trying to find some raw numbers on that, and I couldn't find any, surprisingly. It's up there. But I mean, that, they may not be way perfect up there, anymore, though. but that's about what that's what I used to have years. numbers like this, but but yeah, coffee Billions and billions and billions of dollars. Billions, billions and billions. <laughs> it's a big industry. It's it's huge. So <laughs> coffee's huge, and we know we know it's huge. I mean, anyone who knows anything about drinks, drive through places... I know we're getting goofy here. Um, knows how huge coffee is. So given these, given the fact that we're growing like crazy, coffee even through COVID is still seeing increases in all this stuff in terms of popularity. Therefore, sales are going to keep going up. Given these, you know, trends. I mean, have you noticed any sort of different behavior as far as people's attitudes towards coffee over your years? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Certain definitely has grown i mean the specialty industry i think the last number i saw was from 2015 2016 it's certainly gone up from there but coffee specialty coffee only accounts for 30 to 35 percent of the total coffee industry so maybe a third maybe a third yeah um of of all coffee purchased is, is specialty and even within that specialty it's probably still like like maybe not paying great price for stuff that you, yeah. you should be paying more for it but anyways specialty coffee right. well we're going to talk 30, about that 30 percent yeah. let's say of the entire coffee industry is is specialty um and that is growing substantially mm-hmm. so you know seeing a lot more people because you're finding it more right so it's kind of like yeah. you have your eyes talk about having your eyes open it's like you compare it a lot to wine or beer people like beer is a little more easier to talk about because that's that's definitely boomed in the past, you know, 20 years. Oh, yeah. Of, like, you know, drinking crappy beer. All of a sudden, you drink all this, you know, craft beer, and you're like, holy cow, what happened? Yeah, craft this is beer is, totally... like, everywhere now. Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's been it's an kind interesting of what roast, that's what's happening in the roasting. For better or worse, that's what's happening yeah. with roasting as well. Um, well, and you know, you're seeing different companies, like, uh, that have really started that trend. Like, Stumptown started a lot of that as far as like getting their coffee and a whole now granted they they sold to i forget the Pete, name of the company it's jab but yeah the same Pete's, company yeah. who owns uh yeah who does pete's and everything yeah that's right um yeah they so we're starting to see a lot more of that yes. type of stuff so it's becoming more prevalent um you know people are going to traveling traveling more so they go to a place and they have a really good experience with like coffee like what that what is it what am i drinking what is this and, mm-hmm. or they go to a restaurant and a restaurant you know all of a sudden instead of getting like the crappy diner coffee that they're used to getting all of a sudden something tasty and so it's creating which is awesome because it's creating more of a demand for like for it so when someone goes to a restaurant or a cafe more not 
not it should be happening it should be happening more but a lot of times people are, are kind of expecting maybe better coffee than they used to 10 years ago yeah or five years ago so we're definitely seeing that um obviously with covid it's a whole different ball game you know we're we're certainly our the drive-through business is crazy that's where everyone's really going to get coffee but also retail and online so yeah a so really you're... great company to, to check out is um trade so online drink trade i think it's drinktrade.com but we're one of um i don't know how many roasters i have on there now but yeah that, uh, you can go purchase our coffee and it's really geared towards market they spend it's owned by jab jab oh yeah um and they're buying up places like crazy it's crazy yeah but they have you know million dollars to you know throw in an advertising right and they're really advertising and pushing towards this market of people that are buying coffee at the grocery store whether that's pete's or maybe even a or, or starbucks or mm-hmm. or even or even folders i don't know but they're marketing to those people to kind of push them towards like opening that gateway into specialty coffee and it's just exploding we Man. we sell a ton yeah. of that through that channel and we're so we're starting to see that sort of whether that's specific to sustainability is another issue but the quality people are certainly expecting and getting more used to higher quality stuff yeah for and sure. i think we're still a little we're not a little behind we're definitely behind here mm-hmm. um in this area i think in terms of just people appreciating quality mm-hmm. um and also being willing to pay for quality which we'll we'll get into because it's certainly there's a price tag and uh for yeah. for quality and for ultimately what that means is sustainable is, is yeah i think that price. topic the price tag topic oh there's so many opportunities there and i'm glad you have some notes written down on that because we're, we're totally going to talk about price of coffee and stuff like that um i mean as far you mentioned specialty have you have you seen any increase in folks concerned with the quality offered in specialty and artisan shops kind of versus conventional type stuff we, we mentioned starbucks i would consider starbucks a conventional coffee shop that's your ever average everyday coffee shop mm-hmm. everybody has ac- a lot of people anyway have access to a starbucks so have you noticed like an increase in those trends because you, you mentioned it's like a third right now about the industry but yes i mean i would say for the most part yes there's an interest in people wanting to start better quality focused shops mm-hmm. but that's really the driving factor is like quality something that tastes better i think there's still sort of this mm-hmm. underlying sort of ignorance of sustainability yeah and like what price what, what goes into pricing specialty coffee why is it more expensive it's right. not has not less to do with has something to do with quality has something to do with sustainability has something to do with sort of the training and other support a, a company can offer mm-hmm. to help you do a good job and with that coffee but um so yeah i would say people are still consuming coffee and it's one of those things even with the economy people are still going to go pay five bucks for like they're always going to find right. room to like even with covid to go spend that money on coffee it's an easy sort of Mm-hmm. transaction to make like feel good and have a tasty beverage and versus going to buy you know a big a new pair of shoes or, or whatever yeah it, it's it is really interesting well we will choose to save money on other things but we'll still leave room for that coffee fund right every day that five yeah. bucks a day um a lot of us will anyway 
how exactly does the conversation surrounding coffee and and sourcing uh, change in specialty shops versus conventional locations? Um, I mean, definitely, you're there's a variety of things. I mean, you're looking at sort of seasonality. So mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that coffee is a crop. It's a it's the seed of a fruit that grows on a tree mm-hmm. which is like for some people are like what that's crazy no but yeah this is a plant yeah uh, i'm vegetarian so, so th- that is certainly an important thing that we're, we communicate and try to help people understand is that it's important to buy seasonal coffees um because there's a lot of roasters out there that will um buy what's called post-crop coffee so coffee that didn't sell that's been maybe a year old two years old and um price is a lot cheaper Mm -hmm. and so you can kind of get away with buying that and maybe roasting it darker so you can kind of maybe hide the sort of foul undertones yeah flavor (laughs) of age um but so freshness is is super key uh to for for good coffee and for getting a good for really tasting the liveliness and of, of a coffee um but another thing that kind of surrounds is, is ethics. I think I think most artisan shops and specialty coffee shops have this understanding, I think, of wanting to be ethical yeah. um, and wanting to make sure their coffee is a fair wage, has been paid for it, and um, that it wasn't made by, you know, slave labor, um, which... When is, we think about it, I mean, it's, yeah. it's unfortunately, it's just kind of like assumed that that's the case. And it's a difficult you know. conversation. I mean, it's difficult to talk about because I mean, this it's a whole other world. I mean, there's still children that are because it's such a part of. So you could call it, you know, you don't, you know, you could call it, but like people won't call it slave or child labor. But part of being in Ethiopia is just like being out there with mom and dad, like helping picking the cherries, you know. Oh yeah. Um. So it's kind of a really st- sticky ground. That uh, is, and and even in the U.S., it depends on the family you talk well, right, to. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I grew up I, plumbing with my dad, you know, or whatever. Yeah, I grew up doing all kinds of stuff with my dad. We did construction. We did all kinds of things. We worked. With... I wasn't paid. Yeah, no, no. I I don't. <laughs> you were paid. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> but, like on the podcast, we're having revelations. Oh yeah. God, I gotta call my dad, yeah, man. Back pay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but no, yeah, it's a but, cultural yeah, but, thing. But certainly in ethics. Some cases. I mean, so ethics yeah. are are really important to think about all those things. And yeah. that's sometimes not even on people's radar. Uh, it's cli- really not. You know, climate change uh, certainly is on everyone's radar that's in specialty coffee because they understand that, like, that's ama- that is probably the most important thing in specialty coffee. Uh, it's just the reality well, you know, of climate change and what that's yeah. doing, what that's going to look like in the future and how it's affecting quality and how it's affecting growing seasons and all of this stuff. Yeah. Not go not to go too down this because I I will lead you down rabbit holes is what I do. But the <laughs> but I with um with climate change it's interesting because when I was a barista it was it was definitely something that was more at the forefront of my attention span. Not that it is in any way because I studied sustainability of course, but but you you get more focused on like where your coffee's coming from and then you therefore have to think about what is the climate change situation in that place because it does start to affect different crops. I remember we used, excuse me, we used to hear about different farms that were having troubles with this and that when, and it was due directly due to different climate change issues. And I just remember that was really a really fascinating 
um, yeah. thing that I didn't think would happen. It was it was just kind of, you know, all of a sudden you would talk to different customers about like, oh, yeah, you know, we can't get this crop right now because they're having issues where the climate is actually changing in real time. And, yeah, I mean, you, you, you need know. rain, you need water, water, and you need heat yeah. are, are two, like, major things, and that's why it grows in those, that, those climates. Right. So when you have, you know, all of a sudden it's super, super, super wet, that's a problem. Or if there's just, if it's just all of a sudden you have a dry spell, that's a problem. Or it's not, yeah. it gets cold, or you have a frost, or you have all of a sudden certain bugs are there because they're you know some some other thing led them there or they're, some they're parasite trying to flee they've never had to deal point. with that's those eat yeah. you know you have you have bug issues uh you have what's called leaf rust um so certain diseases that are caused by climate there's yeah. all kinds of you know of issues with with just climate specifically that um is pretty terrifying when it when it comes to just the reality of of, of specialty coffee yeah, it's amazing how that brings that right into your face. <laughs> so let's before we get in more into that, because I know we're going to talk more about that. Going back to what we were talking about, you know, different um, quality differences and things like that. Um, the conversation surrounding specialty coffee versus conventional coffee and things like that, and how they can change certain things. We always hear about quality, which of course does matter um, when you're talking about those two differences. But what other focus points occur specifically in most specialty coffee shops? You've already mentioned ethics. You definitely focus on ethics a lot. We do think about climate change. Are there other common ones that you've noticed that are different, more explicit, more explicit in the specialty world? Um, I mean, the obviously outside of just quality, like, so just training and drink preparation, you know, in general, I think it's just, oh, yeah, that's know, true making too. sure that people are getting the best they can for and getting it served to them in a in a way that's going to be very enjoyable and tasty and perfect. Yeah. Um, that's huge in specialty. Uh, that's a big thing that we pride ourselves in is making sure you get a well, well-crafted drink because it's not as, you know, it, there's a lot of science involved. You know, there's ratios, there's... There's how to properly steam milk. There's, you, you know, certainly you want to make sure you don't use, you want to use X amount of coffee for X amount of water for, and that changes for espresso. They want your stripping, your, your, your grind size. You want the right water quality. Dude, water there's quality baristas that key. read books. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this, you know, like... there's, there's so many factors and variables to like get you the, the best tasting coffee. That's why people get like pissed when they're like, I bought your, I mean, you can get good coffee and you can, you know, you buy a bag of beans, you can make it at home. Um, it's going to taste pretty good, but it's almost always you find that yeah. it's better at the shop and there's a reason behind that because <laughs> like, there's 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 all these controlled variables that the barista and the, the roaster can sort of you know control not to mention the equipment home. and equipment absolutely no, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean if you want to make i don't even have equipment at home because i it's not even worth it i just i work yeah i'm lucky i get to work with a really great roaster and i have you know, really great equipment to go make my coffee on every day. I mi- I do I miss do make that. Pour over at home. I mean, like on the weekends, I do it. I'm a Chemex guy. It's like yeah. one of my favorite things. But you do the Chemex. Yeah. I ran out of filters. I got to get more. So so yeah. I mean, so how, how preparation and how you make coffee and the training that's that's key. Yeah. And like I mentioned, seasonality. Um, now I know and some sustainability. Of you... Sustainability, obviously. Is oh, huge. what an important thing. <laughs> I mean, there there. <laughs> thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. There there's so many shops that are doing. Some better than some others, and and we're going to talk more about that. But a lot of people are probably thinking like, oh, you know, yes, these are these are this is great, and I know it's probably better coffee, but it's always so expensive. And a lot of people just think this, which we're going to talk about why that's kind of a silly thought. Which is, and you brought some numbers, which I'm really excited. So let's 
let's talk about shop prices um, and their impact on the long-term life of a shop. So what kind of considerations go into pricing a cup of coffee? Um, well, I mean, obviously the green price, so what it, what it costs raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and that typically, if you're buying specialty coffee, uh, I'm not directly buying green right currently. Um, but I know it hasn't changed a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, you know, most green coffee, like from the importer, is going to be anywhere between 3 and $6 a pound for a really high-quality, great cup of green. That's per pound. And, and I forget, how many pounds is a, a sack usually? Um, they're like, uh, they can range from, you know, they're like 130 to 150 pounds. It's yeah. measured in kilos, but that's kind of what it breaks down to, 130, 150 those massive bag, burlap so, sacks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, on average, I would say typically like a good 3 to $4 is like a pretty common, for like a good solid great cup of coffee, green coffee. And that's going to be, we're way above C, price, C market price. So C market's kind of like your commodity grade coffee. Like out the, if you look up your C market price on whatever online, mm-hmm. what, what it's currently trading for, that's going to be like your... That's not living wage coffee. That's like your coffee you're getting for your Maxwell House, your folders, or whatever. That's the mass quantity. Yeah, commodity. But even some of the, but even some of the other stuff that's like organic, and I'm using quotations, um, or in fair trade, like some of those coffees you can get certified, but you could be buying post crop coffee from like two years ago, and technically it's fair trade. Technically it's organic, Mm -hmm. um, but it's you know potentially a year too old. Right. Um, so they can you can price it lower, but it's but the quality is not going to be there. But you can still use all those taglines. Yeah. Um, because it is those things. Um, and some people say their coffee's organic, and it's not actually organic. <laughs> Ooh, in <laughs> that, um, oh, which is I've, really that gets that gets me because there there's a lot some, of you pay yeah. a lot of money to be right. roasters pay a lot of money and have to get inspections done. Um, and those in inspections order, are no joke. No, they're not they're not a joke. So not not just the money, but I also find the preparation itself for those yeah. for those inspections so, are crazy enough. Yeah, and you got to have different scoops and different you know containers and all that to, to oh, really yeah. pass all that. But that's a whole other can. <laughs> that of is a whole other. Thing. Um, but yeah, now, that would that that's does a shop's pricing potentially directly affect the farmers? Oh, certainly, it How can so? be. I mean. As long it it can, and that if you're if you're buying, it really depends on the roaster. I guess it's, it's not so much the shop itself; it's the coffee okay. roaster. Um, can certainly. So in other words, if they're, who, if they're who's not buying, buying quality the... coffee, yeah. So if if, okay. if if you're if the shop that you go to isn't roasting their own, they're buying it from a wholesaler like Doma or or somebody, then that's not really on them so much. It's on them to pay their maybe their. Be, be choosing a good roaster to use that uses good ethics right. and, is, and is sourcing quality and ethical coffee. Um, but it's also on them to sort of make sure they're paying their, their own employees well and, and, and mm-hmm. thinking about sustainability in that way. Um, but it can certainly, it's really on the roaster. And hmm. we're, if we're choosing to sort of pay for, a, you know, how we're pricing our coffee, you know, how much, what is it? Oh, we all have margins and we know what we need to make to pay our, right. for our, for our, you know labor and all on our costs but it really boils down to like making sure we're paying a, a way above sea market a, a fair a fair price and if you're buying coffee sub you know 
three dollars, two fifty, whatever, and below, a lot of times that coffee is probably not going to be something that has been is not sustainable. Right. Well, and for many different reasons too. Um, I, I always just wonder, like, if someone has a really low price coffee, just about what, how is that possible? You know. Um, well, and it's not fair. I mean, it, it, it what it does is it drives the it drives the market down. Everyone wants like, oh, you come come here for the cheapest latte. Yeah, it's yeah. like that's not always a great well, thing. And actually, um, let's talk about that it... because I I have been wondering about that. We here in town we had different donation programs that were done for for vets. I remember there was a place that unfortunately had to shut down. They were making like two dollar lattes because they were getting like coffee donated to them. Mm-hmm. That's a different story, but. I mean, what would theoretically happen if a coffee shop that wasn't a charity type thing situation, but was a regular coffee shop, what would drastically undercutting the market do in your eyes? I mean, if, if you have you thought about what that would? Well, I'd, of course, because it freaking happens all the time here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many people out there that are, you know, charging way, way less. So what does that what does that do in a local scale? Well, one, it just makes it where it looks like what should be, I mean, like Doma, for example, like hmm. we're probably us and like Evans and like dudes that have some of the, I think the best coffee. Around. I think so. Um, yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Evans <laughs> brothers. I love their, I think they do a fantastic job. Oh yeah. Um, we're going to be some of the higher priced roasters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, one, well, and that's for a variety of reasons. I mean, obviously we're, we're probably two of the bigger ones. Um, but, but, but also it's because we're buying the best coffee <laughs> you know i think and and so but our, our prices even, even our wholesale prices are still like if you took our wholesale prices and put those in you know chicago or even in, back in illinois where i'm from in peoria which isn't a very big market it'd be like a spokane yeah or you put those in california or put those in seattle we're gonna be still way under what the going price is for like quality legitimate wholesale coffee. oh yeah um so what it does is one, we already have expensive coffee, and we're and we're talking like sub sub ten dollars a pound wholesale, which is insane to me mm-hmm. that we can we can charge that and people still think it's expensive, right? Um, for what they're getting. Uh, but what happens is the more and more people are like, well, I'll I'll charge you five dollars a pound, I'll get your business. It's like, oh, that sounds like a heck of a deal. How can I turn that I'll down? Turn that down. Yeah. I got you know I got to. Um, what that does is it just continually sort of drives down what people expect, you know? So all of a sudden it makes our coffee look even more expensive. And then we're trying to play this game of like, well, they're trying to take our account or, yeah, you know, and, and you're trying to com- compete with that. And it's just not sustainable because one, we can't, we can't pay our wages that we want. You know, Doma pays, does a good job. Doma's an amazing company. They treat us very well. Yeah. And we can't pay ourselves and us a, a living wage and we can't then buy coffee that's at a living wage for those farmers if all of a sudden we're happy there's just no way we could compete with even seven dollars a pound wholesale yeah it's just not doable and if someone's doing that i don't know unless there's just a one guy who's just like roasting all day long on a little roaster maybe they can get out of that but it's not sustainable right uh so it just ends up hurting the price and it makes you try to compete with that. And then, then it where also these, affects the, the cup price. You know, where are these folks tough. getting their coffee from, you think? I mean, there's all, there's brokers everywhere. Um, yeah. They're also, but they're not, there's a variety of importers you can get it from. But it's it's usually going to, it's not going to be 
because I just I just think of all the play because you know I've I've seen many cheap cups of coffee and everything. It's great that you can get a cup of coffee for cheap and all, but you know I I have a supply chain brain and I always just think of the system in which it was allowed to get here, and I can't help but think of like you know again we were talking about the farmers a second ago. You know what are they getting paid? I I always want to know that because I I am really curious to know whether my purchasing that cheap cup of coffee that is convenient to me is negatively affecting the life of someone it across the globe somewhere or not. Is in in a sort of indirect way. I mean, yeah. a roaster, it's really on the roaster to sort of make sure they're paying yeah a, a, a good price. But also then there's the importer. What is the importer paying? Are they paying? You know, so you really want to find coffee yeah. roasters that are willing to talk to you about who their importers are, and know that they're and do research on who they're who. There's or a lot know of who stuff on, online you can find, um, and yeah. to be able to find out where where their money's going, and how much is you know, because there's a lot of middlemen. You know, there's there's the importer, then there's the processor, and then there's the mill, then there's the farm. There's there's a variety of yeah. Uh, by the time it kind of goes back to the farmer, they're you know they're getting twenty cents a pound, you know, or whatever for their. Right, I just made that up. I don't know exactly what that is off the top of my head, but you but know, sometimes you can find you know middlemen yeah. in that. So so indirectly, you're certainly indirectly by not being willing to pay a little more for like higher quality and supporting like shitty coffee. Yeah, you you are you are sort of indirectly kind of part <laughs> of the problem. Um, yeah, and by choosing to seek out higher quality coffees and paying that little extra bit, you're sort of reinforcing the idea that like this is worth it to me i mean we do it all the time with beer you know like oh beer, yeah craft beer we're, we're really you know i don't know what i paid for this but it was probably almost 10 bucks for a six pack yeah know? or you go out to eat and you go to a bar you know you're rarely you're paying less than five bucks for you know a, a glass of beer or you're sometimes six seven dollars cocktail the same way yeah coffee is way more labor intensive than all of that but you're just you know just pouring out of the right, spout, right. and yes, you have the person brewing it. But coffee, you got someone preparing all of that for you and, and giving and caring a lot about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the roaster who's roasting it and making sure they're preparing, which it. is and its own. And you have a lot of labor going into yeah. like just cupping it, and making sure it's tasting good, and the packaging and all that. And then you have tracing all of that back to the importer. I mean, coffee. We have to admit the reality, which is it's a very unsustainable. Oh, the whole industry, industry. is unsustainable. Yeah, and, so, we've, and this is what drawn our conversation a long time ago. It's very inefficient. Yeah, I mean, with boating across the, you know, oh yeah, the, the oceans to how it's all the water used to to prepare it, <laughs> very much and, so, and, yeah. to, and to get it to you. So, you know, our job as a as a wholesale roaster is to really cut as much of that out as we can. You know, and Doma does that in a variety of ways, which we can we can talk about, and that's why I'm hyped about Doma, and I'm a fanboy of it. And yeah, of course. And and uh, you know, I get stoked about it. But yeah, there's just a lot of things that go into making those decisions. So when you go buy a cup of coffee, you out there, it's really important <laughs> that you think about all these things and and say, yeah. like I'm gonna give my money to those places that are that I know are are putting out high quality stuff. And whether that's your drive-through that you're going to or your cafe they're going to, do the research. Like, ask them who they're who they're wholesale, where they're getting their coffee from, mm-hmm. and and then do some research about it. And if you find that it's kind of a maybe not so much of a great place, they don't have any. And, and really do your research because a lot of people can say the say all the right taglines and the right words. Yeah. Um, 
Fair trade. But if you really look, <laughs> dig a little deeper, yeah, you know, you will find that those. It's just in the Instagram age, you can you can say whatever you want, make it look however you want. Right. But I really encourage people to like dig deep, and like that's why I love Doma. It's because like I work there, and I and I see how we operate, and that we're not the only ones. But I, but in this area though, I especially we just there's not many grocers I know of, even in the coffee industry that really put their money where their mouth is, you know? And yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And I, and I love, I love that everything we do is about trying to like, think about all those different, every little thing along the way. Yeah. Doma is a really action based uh, company in that way, which is why a lot of people, well, a lot of people like Doma because their coffee is just delicious in the first place. But um, just to spotlight on Doma for a second. Um, but it, it is really cool seeing like, other things that they do not just have good coffee but they actually like you know an organic certification is a big deal uh a relationship with certain farms like a good relationship is a big yeah, deal traveling um, to origin to meet traveling those farmers and yeah. those relationships and doma supporting is, local causes and, yeah and and you see this all the time in the specialty world i mean there's more and more shops putting such more of a of a spotlight you know in, in portland it was you know, Kova coffee is known around the world mm -hmm. and they are incredible at that heart was a huge, One of my favorites. Um, yeah, they're incredible ethically. Just the things that they do to try and really go out of their way to put the and people who produce the, the part. Oh, they're another that, one. Yeah. That just absolutely just emulate want to emulate yeah. those guys. That's actually another company. That's one of those big ones like, um, that, that is, they're legit, man. They they have yeah, they put awesome. a lot of they put a big reports out for where they're getting their coffee from, the kind of the supply chain, where their money's going. It's cool. Like yeah, that's a legit. Yeah, we want to be like them. I love seeing stuff like that. Yeah. Well, let's let's take a very brief break, and then uh, we're just gonna come back, address some some uh, quick last points, and uh, and yeah, we'll be we'll be talking about some good stuff. I'm enjoying this so far. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sustainable Culture Podcast, folks. My name is Jet. We're here with Ty Paluska. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm having fun. Thank you. It's it's good to be able to talk about coffee in the first place, but to talk about coffee with uh, with my buddy Ty here, I mean, we've, we've been trying to get in the same room for like two years or almost or something like that, and here we are. And uh, finally, it's, it's good. So we were talking a little bit before the break about um, coffee pricing and how that can affect certain things. Um, and I wanted to, you've got some notes that I wanted oh, to yes. have you share because this is pretty cool stuff so, about coffee pricing just to touch on that. Yeah. So this is kind of be like for your, for your cafe or for your drive through that you would kind of sort of frequent, okay. you know, like hopefully those, those people will, the owners and those making the decisions on where they're getting their coffee from, you know, obviously they want to price their sort of drinks based on the price they're getting from their roaster. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that's pretty fascinating is like about a so a nine dollar and fifty cent a pound coffee, which would be on the high side for for us, mm -hmm. um, but but about what you should be paying for like uh, 
a good it's quality specialty coffee. coffee yeah um what that breaks down if you were to break that down into like per latte like a double shot which is in what your most of your 8 12 16 ounce mm-hmm. sizes that breaks down to 40 cents of cost um in your drink okay okay so about 40 so, cents cost wise of just of, of like the coffee wholesale. yeah obviously you have your milk and your cost your cup and right. your labor all that stuff sort of in there so that's why you got to think about all that right but just if we just break it down to just just coffee. a coffee okay because okay. people kind of freak out about like this whole like oh my god your coffee is so expensive versus i can get it for five dollars a pound by john right. joe schmo down here um give me god knows what yeah in your coffee <laughs> right um but so let's take that big swing. So if you go from nine fifty and you and then you're at fifty, or I'm sorry, five dollars a pound okay. from Joe Schmo Coffee Roaster, Idaho Roaster, um, what that breaks down to is twenty one cents for a double shot. Oh my gosh, it's okay, like half of that. So okay. you're talking a you know four dollar and fifty cent a pound swing, which again mo- in most people's minds that adds up when they're especially when they're going with their their fifty pound a week account or something. They're like, dang, that's that's several hundred dollars more I'm paying, you know, whatever per right. per week in coffee, in their mind. But if on, you're drinking it every, yeah, <laughs> um, right. that's how much you're going through. But really, what that breaks down to is less than a quarter of cost per drink. So all that means is those roasters or those, I'm sorry, those those coffee shops and those drive-throughs that want to use a better coffee, call yeah. me. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll take care of you. Yeah, but but. The reality is, is they only, they just need to raise their price by a quarter. If they would raise their price by twenty five cents, that takes care of that cost. Right. And Which that, is and so that tiny. Is, and that is tiny. And the, and and are you willing? Are you out there willing to pay a twenty five cents more to make to know that you're going to get a dang good, like espresso, in your coffee that was sourced well and you know and is a company that really you know again I'm not just obviously I'm talking about Doma because but there's other there are other roasters out there that are doing good things yeah. to know that you're getting a good high quality coffee are you won't is, yeah. it, is, it, is it worth a quarter to you i would think most people would say heck I yeah a lot of people once you provide that you know the whole this is and you could even you don't even have to educate folks about that if you don't want to if you're super and you don't want if you're one of those shops that's just like yep pricing went up <laughs> yeah, you could just yeah. do that and some people are like okay yeah but um but you could if you wanted you could take that approach and be like yeah check out this farm we're supporting and this yeah and, 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 and just knowing that you're supporting a good quality sustainable ethical coffee you mm-hmm. know and there's still a lot of room that's that's one one step mm-hmm. in the right direction <laughs> it's just encouraging your that's pretty your cool drive through you in your like cafe that. to like just hey maybe you should maybe look for a better coffee um, yeah. and i'm willing to pay a quarter more you know for it yeah. Um. That's that's key because there's a lot that comes with that better coffee. On t- you know that, that all of a sudden you're you know like a company like Doma or I'm, I'm sure like an Evans or somebody. There's gonna there's gonna be some training that's gonna come along with that paying oh, that extra sure. more. There's gonna be some extra support. Definitely more knowledge <laughs> about where the coffee's coming from and how to prepare coffee is yeah. gonna come along with that price. So your coffee's gonna get even better. Um. And I think that's worth a quarter. And we could be well, like so, Amethyst and then just yeah. charge a few dollars more and then know that you're. Yeah, that's the next step. That's but true too. Make sure you're actually paying, Dude, that's, helping with the wages. We're gonna have to do some spotlights on them. That's really really cool because yeah, that got. But me, anyway, that just got me going. That's my that numbers on just if you're just that talking just on the coffee. That's what it breaks down. Just to. the coffee. If you rose that, yeah, twenty five cents, and that's that's amazing. It's for over a four dollar difference per per pound. Yeah, that's what it breaks. The down difference to is two dollars a cup to two twenty five a cup, an extra quarter. 
I'm down with that personally. So let's let's switch chapters a little bit here. I wanted you to go over that because that is really cool. I, I think it's it's interesting to bring up the by cup difference because okay. it doesn't seem so crazy when you put it that way. I, I think. Granted, I don't own a business, so I like I think that's fair to mention. But at the same time, <laughs> you got to look at the per cup. I think that's a wise thing to do. Um, so there's a lot of shops, many shops and companies uh, out there are beginning to switch to many different versions of more sustainable business model. I mean, we're, we're talking about Doma. There's many companies we could name, um, you know, but uh, what, what are some small things that coffee shops could start doing, at least theoretically right now, without new laws? And that's an important point to make mm -hmm. here. Without having to worry about passing new laws and stuff like that, what are some things that coffee shops could be doing right now that would send this message to their customers and or into the community, you know, nearby of an intentional focus on fertilizing a more sustainable foundation in their community? That's a great question. Um, I think that's and it's an important question because that are, those are things that are, those are the small things, right? Those are like the key things that a roaster can, can yeah. do and a cafe can do, a cafe can do to really Absolutely. Start taking those steps towards and to support the future and to support the question a bit more is, you know, there's different company and Doma's done a bunch of stuff that that is really, really cool. We could totally highlight those. There's a, a brief shout out to Coffee Roboto in this area who, um, you know, they're a little bike trike mm -hmm. that goes around. And those guys, you know, they, they started carrying. Obviously, we can't right now because of COVID, but uh, they were doing this you know, this cool thing where they stopped having uh, paper cups for a while and they had this cool program where there were there was always a mug there that you could use if you didn't bring your own. And they did this really cool program where they didn't really need to use those cups unless they, you know. Yeah, and they it, were one of the first ones in town to, to really to do that. They really were. And um, it, so huge shout out to Coffee Roboto. Check them yeah. out. And, but, they, um, and they source great coffees. I mean, they're, they're, spending, they do. A, they're spending a lot of money. Yeah. They, don't, they don't go through a ton of coffee. They've sourced Doma before. So they have sourced Doma before. <laughs> but they, the Brandywine and Onyx, I mean, they, they source some freaking great coffees. Oh, yeah. And they are not, it's not cheap. No. You know, because with any roaster, the more you buy, I mean, you're buying bulk, you're going to get a better price. Right. They're buying, you know, almost full pr retail price. And, you know, so the, the margins on there, what they're doing is they're committing to getting great coffees. Right. So kudos to them. For, Which for really that. sends a That's message. That's huge. That's know. my first point. That was my first one. Is right. you, you can one thing you can do source better coffees. Mm -hmm. Like that's what a roaster. That's what I'm sorry. That's what a a roaster. Yes, could source better coffees, but also those cafes and those drive-throughs or whatever restaurants seek out better coffees, get better coffees, and and spend yeah. the spend the extra few bucks a pound to really. That's going to send a message that you care. Do you think it's safe it, to say that there's a pretty good correlation in you know, higher quality coffees and higher ethics. I mean, it doesn't, I don't know if that's the case overall, but it does seem that you I, find I that would, kind of thing. I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's hard to answer that because that's kind of, I'm in that game, man. I'm in, I, that's what right. I care about. That's, I'm in the coffee, but I, I don't know if that's always true about a beer. I don't think about, when I think about a beer, for example, I don't think about that's true just because it's better means it's more ethical. Um, I don't know. I don't, yeah. that's a tough that's I'd be curious to see, yeah, I'd be curious to see coffee professionals in general. I think I would say have a sort of a history of being more, you know, progressive and more ethical. Um, and, yeah. and, 
and at least having a mind more tuned to that because it's like the plight of the farmer um, and just the right. nature of this yeah. industry. So I would say maybe. It could be. But I can't speak for everyone on that. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things that shops could do is, is, is certainly source um, organic when possible. I mean, certified organic is, is, again, it's not the end-all be-all, but it's certainly a great thing to pursue when you can mm-hmm. um, is to get organic cups sourcing cups that are made from plastic or from not not made from plastic made from plants or other material <laughs> what you need is some well, plastic some, cups. Some more plastic cups. <laughs> um so sourcing you know your paper and your plastic in, yeah. a, in an ethical sustainable way paying a little more money for plant-based materials um and when possible and i think you know charge for the paper cups that's one thing that doma started doing is it's a pretty interesting thing. Oh yeah. Let's let's highlight on that one for a minute cuz there's that that is a topic of of a lot of controversy with a lot of shops and <laughs> yeah. shop owners and but like I, I don't see personally let's and I'm officially just consumer now when it comes to coffee. I'm no longer barista yeah. guy, but but as a consumer like, you know, if if a shop decided let's charge 5 cents for our cups. You know, 25 cents even. More than that, 50 cents a dollar. You could some shops will get brave with it that way, kind of like Amethyst that got brave with the you know mm-hmm. fifty thousand a year thing, and charging several dollars more per drink. There's ways you can do different things like that, and I I don't know a lot of people are very adamantly opposed to something like that as business owners, but screw them. I I I say yeah I say if you're <laughs> yeah, gonna make a difference, to, you do have to kind of dare. You got it. You have you absolutely have to take risks in that, and it has to be just <laughs> we're doing this. I mean that in the nicest way possible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's, it's kind of a psychological thing, right? I mean, like forever coffee shops have always had like, bring your mug and you get 25 cents off. Right. It's like 25 cents. Like, it's like such a weird thing in your mind. Yeah. You're like, like, whatever, 25 cents. I forgot my mug. Sorry. Um, but when all of a sudden you start charging, it's it's like, how how dare you charge for this? It's all of a sudden a little more, say it's the same price, same, you know, 25 cents. Right. Or whatever. All of a sudden you're getting charged for it. You're like, damn it. Yeah. You know, like. How could but, they? But then you're like, all right, you know, whatever. Right. Um, that's an f- interesting so, point. Actually. So yeah. that's kind of an interesting. <laughs> yes. And so maybe charge charge for the to-go cups. And it's like a line item, 25 cents. It's like, oh, man, I got to remember to bring my cup next time. So I save, right. save 25 cents um, yeah. after, because I'm going to get charged for it if I don't. Um, and then, you know, if it's for here, it's yeah. maybe do it. Maybe it's for here drink. Then it's just the menu price. And then if you bring your mug, maybe you do get a little discount if you bring your mug or something. So you could, there's different ways those... to kind of play on that whole that whole thing. That's an interesting take on the whole law of supply and demand. You know, like like you know that is the art of supply and demand right there. And it's it is interesting how um, I have to be careful because I always open up huge conversations by accident. But but basically, it it is interesting to me how a lot of business owners always want to talk about the whole supply and demand thing, but then they don't practice it when with tiny things like mm-hmm. that um it's just it does seem like an opportunity yeah to me no it's certainly an opportunity so that's a big one i think that we could that could change is um it's just yeah charging charging for to-go drinks yeah um or finding a way to um one thing we do is if you buy having having bamboo cups or having some kind of mirror mugs that you whatever can argue on if that's sustainable or not but having yeah. an having <laughs> right. a cup option where if hey you buy your mug you're gonna get your first drink free so kind of right, offset right. the sort of cost of the mug if you were gonna go buy a drink anyway and then all of a sudden hey you keep bringing this mug back and you're gonna gonna get a discount so multiple ways to look at that 
but that's huge. Or another one that so the kind of on that that Doma does um, that the other people do is you could you could charge for the mug charge for the drink the the paper cup Mm -hmm. but but you have this sort of campaign behind it where doma's not pocketing that 25 cents we are these it's going to go towards protect our winners whatever this organization that we support or kootenai environmental alliance it could you could actually take those funds from those cups then that you those charges and actually then every hey every month you know you're yeah we're we're going to bring your mug, but when you don't, know that no matter what, that money's still going towards something green, right? whether you like it or not. Well, and again, um, that's, and that's kind of what we're talking about in terms of sending a message. Like that, that is something that is definitely sent to the yeah. consumer. Like we are doing this not just to make an extra profit. We're not trying to cheat you out. Exactly. You know, this is going towards something good. It's just changing our habits, really, and, and opening, right. kind of making you aware of of the reality that you are creating waste when you, when you when you take a paper cup. Right. But yeah, there's yeah. But, but there's a, but there's also a lot of small things like the um, the chemicals you use for cleaning the in, in your in your cafe the the oh, light yeah. bulbs you're you're using you know how often are you using lights do you really need this light on right now like that's one thing I love about domas there's so many like the lights are constantly off everywhere <laughs> I mean, and and the windows or doors are open it's just using as much natural light and heat and yeah. cool air as you can um, recycling program does your company have a recycling program you know oh uh, that's that's easy to start so easy composting yeah. you can compost all those coffee and tea grounds and get them to a community garden oh yeah or or they're your chaff or you can check with local get... farmers even there's like, there's so many at, at evans when i worked there i mean we had we had uh, a few people that would come by who just farmed they, yeah. they weren't a business or anything but they they had heard by someone i forget it was word of mouth is an amazing thing but they, they would they would hear that we had plenty mm-hmm. of coffee grounds buckets of them right. and we would be like yes take them please right. you know and we couldn't get rid of them fast enough yeah so there's a lot of things there's are there's a few things but those are those are some things you can do just to start sending a message that like these are things you care about and you don't have to necessarily toot your own horn about it and that's the thing that a lot of shops do and doma does that we can't really just necessarily just hey look at us we're we have a recycling program you just gotta right, you right. just gotta freaking do it right and you know because Everyone can post a great Instagram picture of like how you know sexy their new mugs look or whatever <laughs> or whatever yeah um, or the new bags or whatever. But like doing the hard work of actually sustainability yeah. and that's that's stuff that's like behind the scenes, man. You just have to do yeah and just do it because you care, not because you're trying to be cool or get people to like you. Yeah, intention but, is everything. Mindset is mm-hmm. what we talk about a lot here. So. Some of us are familiar with the notion, especially those of us who follow, if you follow any, you know, uh, coffee Instagram, you will have seen the hashtag, you know, community, not competition. We've, um, I love that hashtag a lot and I love the intention behind it, but sometimes it gets foggy. (laughs) So like, you know, in the specialty coffee world, we see that hashtag a lot. What if we could put something together, um, some kind of cooperative group of like local coffee leaders and professionals, maybe to get started you know just get shops on the same page with issues like sustainable use it's like single use materials like what you were saying um like decreasing milk waste in some way we could figure out a way to kind of i don't know do some collaborative group there to figure that out responsible green coffee buying um what comes to mind is like different people getting together and using the same distributor perhaps I don't know if that's even right. a good or a or, bad or idea. Or going you know? group, group buying. I mean, I think that's... Group buying You even. can find bulk discounts if there's some groups of us that could say, we all want to buy yeah. this coffee. We can get it at a better... You usually can get it at a better price if you commit to X amount or... Exactly. Sustainable so like, products are expensive. So maybe we all go in together and we're to buy like a huge oh, right, chunk right. of yeah. sustainable paper products. 
And so theoretically, some of these ideas might be more realistic than others. But like, you know, what if we could do that? What if we could set set some kind of a <laughs> roundtable discussion up? You know, if you're listening, local coffee leaders, Bobby and Indaba and and uh, Rick and Randy from Evans Brothers and help me out here. People, people, <laughs> if you're Aaron at ladder, there we go. Aaron, Aaron, I haven't talked to him in forever. Hope you're watching, yeah. buddy. Um, Hagen, Hagen, Hagen. Uh, you know, if, if you guys are listening and you're watching, I mean, this would be cool. I, I really legitimately think that like some kind too. of a way zoom meeting. Yeah, once I, saw, a, I wrote once that down. While. Yeah, zoom, zoom and find a way to do like a zoom call once a month. And I'd be like, what are you all doing? We don't have to. I mean, this is where we can find common ground. Right. When we when you first asked this question, right. I was like, competent. Community accounts and screw that. I want to blow all these guys out of the water. Doma only. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just Doma like, for life. <laughs> Doma yeah. for life. Everyone should be drinking Doma. <laughs> but in reality, like, well, I'm just sure. Okay. There are, there are some roasters, I think, that shouldn't be out there. But um, but for the most part, all these guys you mentioned do a freaking great job. Right. And um, we're all going to be around. Um, but how can we learn from each other in, in this world? We don't want to have to share our secrets about how we prop, how we roast, right, right. what our margins are. We use 20 grams. Yeah. Um, oh. This, whatever. <laughs> uh, this is what, we can yeah. all get stoked about this. Hey, what are you getting your, where are you getting this from, this product from? Or, hey, can we all go on right. this together? What are you doing to like, has this worked for you guys? Like, Doma, hey, have you guys seen success like doing this cup program? Maybe, can we all do it? Can we find, what's working for you? I think sharing that yeah. kind of ideas now that's community, and that's finding a way to like legitimately find. But we have to get together with again with those decision makers, right? Um, to to kind of find a way to make those calls and implement them, you know, and then hold each other accountable, you know, yeah. in, in a way. Um, so that, that to me is pretty. pretty I would cool. I would be so into that. Like I'm not even officially in coffee, but I would figure out a way to sit at that table and just <laughs> like even just be a fly on the wall. So if you got so if anyone's listening, and this is my low key uh, recruiting. Um, attempt <laughs> i would i would love to set up some kind of a a conversation even just to see how what do happens. we do this how yeah, do we do I'm this totally yeah game yeah that would be cool so there's two people right here we'll even get tyler from dopio gang we'll work that out <laughs> we'll figure out a way that would be really really fun to figure out um really innovate i mean because it would be innovative you'd mm -hmm. have to come up with things that people aren't already doing and Ask yourself these questions. Or that already are owners. doing. There's some probably things that they're all doing. Each one of us is doing. Oh, for sure. That like that we can just need to share and be like, oh, dang, I never thought of I that. Hadn't thought like, of that. Yeah. How you're using your sugar, like, or what kind of a device, or you know, what I mean, like, are yeah. you putting your sugar in? Oh, you don't even use a device for, your, whatever. Right. You're using like we use like little, um, star stir sticks, for example, or, or linguini. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So they're I've completely biodegradable. They didn't, you know, whatever. That's just a small little thing. That Tiny you little that ideas you like do. that. Yeah, things that people can do in that way. Like, oh, what struggles did you have starting your recycling program? Well, we struggled with this. We couldn't get this to work. Oh, you know what we did is we did this and it worked. Yes, out. it's great. Like stuff like that. That is encouraging shit because yeah. what I have found, and we've talked about this, it's too easy to get daunted by like the big stuff, right? Like oh, man, so the easy. climate change and stability. It's just, man, it's just so... You could just you sleep over it, man. Yeah. And it's like, oh, how do we change this? How do we do this? And stuff like this, to me, like what we're talking about there is like that's simple things that we can do to sort yeah. of – that's what has to happen is making those little baby steps to like actual change. Yeah. Um, Which is why I'm saying this is a low-key recruiting sesh yeah. because – because, and I mean that for real because 
you know, we don't need to go rally and try and change laws to do any of this stuff. We we can talk about it now and we can work it out now. Yeah. Let's not. I mean, laws need to change. Something. Yes. <laughs> but let's can't. not just. Dis- yeah. We're not disregarding that conversation. But but as far as what's practical right now, things we can things already we do. Can, these things are we can all do in our own cafes, our own roasteries that yeah. that we don't we can do just we don't need laws to make those decisions. Yeah. We just need community to do it. Yeah. So let's build that community. We can write some laws. We can write some bylaws. Let's write them. <laughs> so group. speaking of business owners, you know, many business owners out there uh, tend to need the right push, you know, in the right direction when it comes to sustainable ethics, like we were talking about. Some folks need a little bit of an extra encouragement, but but we can do paper cups, you know, whatever it might be. But um, it is the people buying the coffee as we know, and as some of us need to be reminded, who really decides what sells and what does not at the end of the day. I mean, at the and you would know this as a person who's in sales at this point, or sales director, if I'm not, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to look at those trends. Like, well, this isn't selling, so we need to look at something else. We, this is selling, so we need to look at this. So money talks, in other words. And so my question really is, what can all of our coffee lovers out there do right now to help in a local and eventually worldwide transition into sustainable coffee business models. What can we do right now? Do your research. I mean, find out where you're, where you, wherever you're going for, to get coffee, find out where their coffee's coming from. If they're, whether they roast their own or if it's coming from somewhere else, find out where it's coming from and really commit to making sure that where you're spending your money is, is, is going towards, to a coffee roaster yeah. that is taking the steps necessary to sort of push coffee in this direction for quality. What, what's an easy question you? And that sounds like really salesy because, like, I want the we all want the business, but like that's truly the one thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm again, I'm not talking about just Doma. Find a place that like you yeah, researching yeah. to find out. Wow, these guys are they're they're paying good money for their coffee. Yeah. They taste they're they're roasting it well, and they're a really they're an ethical business. They care about this stuff. It's 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 apparent that they're actually right. doing good, and try or trying and 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 meaning to do good. You know, and that you is can, key. You can ask a barista questions too to get a good feel sometimes. Certainly, like I, I, I at Evans all the time, and this is common in a lot of specialty shops. You know, you you get a lot of questions like um, that are more surface level. Like, does it taste this way? Does it taste that way? Um, and it. It can, with those types of shops, it can open up a conversation. All of a sudden, you're talking about Guatemala, mm-hmm. the country. <laughs> right. Not the coffee, but the country. Right. And it opens up these gates. So uh, I always find a really useful thing, and, and you can back me up with some other ideas related to this for sure. But I always like to ask coffee shops, um, you know, what coffee are they serving today? Mm-hmm simple that one you know like what what, tell me about the coffee you have today and if they're like it's dark (laughs) you know yeah that's it right that's all i know i mean that's a helpful i think first thing Mm -hmm. um is are there other like tiny things you could do like if you're testing out a shop totally i mean well or the things that you can bring your mug i mean covid is sort of screwed that up they've they've determined actually that it it's not you can bring your own mug that's that's kind of what i've read but a lot of places still aren't doing it but right whenever things calm down bring your freaking mug take your mug stop taking paper yeah um and if a company decides to put you know a charge on to go don't get ticked off just embrace it open your eyes and kind of look around take 
sort of mental notes on like what are they are they it seems like they're recycling you know kind yeah. of pay attention to what kind of company like you're, you're frequenting and and if they're putting that extra effort into being sustainable and recycling right. and being ingenuitive on how they're using their, their products um i have to pick on some of the shops out there too because i i always look and see how many syrups are being used and if it's one of those shops that has like a billion syrups totally. i'm like whoa and i'll start to notice there's a parallel a lot of the time there's a correlation there's so much waste there because lot, you know there's yeah. like one lady oh Susie q who gets her one latte but they they can't say no to her so they you know right. have to so have, they have, they have these to bring f- in her syrup that's gonna sit there and go to waste so yeah that's a good point stop like don't buy anything bigger than a 16 ounce Oh, that's actually a really good point. A lot of people will buy ounce. these 20, 24. You don't need, 24 you don't need <laughs> that much freaking milk. Can we just say the fact that Can there is a 24-ounce anything coffee-related is insanity? I'm going to – yes, that's – I'm sorry if you're listening and I'm uh, personally attacking you, but I, I really – Don't get me started on white coffee. <laughs> There's a reason I don't didn't bring that up. Don't buy white coffee. Yeah, I can't even – I can't that – that's a whole conversation crap. on its own, yeah. But But – it, if you can't give up your white coffee, at least stop getting it in a 20-ounce, 24-ounce size. Yeah, take it easy, guys. Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> we don't need it. Save a few bucks. Man, I, I used to work in an inter- international airport, and, and I had people from – I was on the international wing, and I had people from all different countries saying that – because I would always ask them, you know, what's the what's the difference in a coffee culture, you know, type difference that you've noticed? And I would always ask people stuff like that. And and so many people would be like, the drinks are so big here. Like you guys drink God, the biggest drinks. It doesn't drink. make sense. And like, yeah, and sixteen it's, it's, is it's big. It's not only is it going to be sustainable, it's going to be cheaper, and it's going to be healthier. There's so many things to like oh, stop. Yeah. Just like get a twelve or sixteen ounce size and then savor it. Yeah. You know, take I know it's like, well, I want my thirty two ounce ice drink. Well, I just sixteen. I mean, sixteen ounce ice drinks. Just yeah. savor it. Yeah. Get a skinny straw. Get a smaller just... straw. <laughs> Get a skinnier straw. That's brilliant. Let's just keep, make all That's of our what straws they, I, I, It finally clicked, man. I kept asking people. Like, I never understood the whole, like, do you want skinny or big straws when you're going through the drive-thru? Yeah. Someone's like, well, I think people want the skinny ones because it kind of, like, it just helps you not drink it fast. And I was like, mind blown. That's, yeah. I never th- I was like, Whoa, <laughs> no way. <laughs> that's what it is. That's brilliant. Actually, that's really smart. <laughs> We're going to do that. But not Smaller like four. Straws. Some people put like four skinnies in. Like, like they put four straws. But in then they'll like, put No, several. I literally want one skinny straw. <laughs> one. Yeah. Like, just it. I just. Or just no straw. Just don't. It, ask just, for no straw. Or just no straw. Actually, good point. <laughs> Let's just not use straws. straws. Yeah. And don't ask for a lid. Just. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. there's some those are some things you can some very practical things that you the consumer, yeah, can do. Yeah, and and we like to poke and tease, and there's a lot of poking and teasing to do because there's we all can admit for just a second that we all have these really silly, admittedly silly habits when it comes to um, things that we could be doing more sustainably. Like I always like you point out the two straws or the three and four straws. Do you need that? Come on. Like we don't think about it. We just don't think about it is a lot. It's of just part case. of the culture here. It's just part of the culture. So um, we are very use based, you know, in the U S and, and it, we just don't think and, about and, it. And honestly, like <laughs> those girls that, you know, at the stands, like they're just like, it's just customer service. It's like, right. They're, they're just, just trying yeah. to be nice. They're, you know? they're being nice. They're going to give you the four straws and you know what? You got to catch them before they do it. Cause they're quick. Yeah. They're so fast. Those yeah. drive-through girls, but like, yeah, 
I'm always like, I'll take it. They're like already handing it to me. And I'm like, whoa. How did you know what I wanted? How did you know? You seem like that kind of guy. You wanted Americano. You know. Yeah. But anyway, I I, uh, I appreciate um, the conversation. This has been, uh, uh, I think, longer than we even intended. But <laughs> it's coffee. Oops. What are you going to do? Oops. Um, but uh, this is obviously the first of many coming coffee oriented conversations there's so much more to talk about with coffee i mean we barely had any time to get into any of it we were trying to talk about you know how big stroke very broad stroke you know where the coffee industry's at what are some basic things we can do let's start a group guys help me out here um dopio gang if you're listening hey you know what to do (laughs) let's get it going and so i i really think that um building a coffee community in in a leadership sense mm-hmm. is something that certainly Coeur d'Alene needs but it's not it's something that every town really needs every coffee epicenter sure and um you know and i used to see it in places like portland where you have a, an epicenter as far as a culture everyone who's in coffee hangs out in some sort of epicenter like when we do throwdowns for example mm-hmm. everybody who's in coffee is there a lot of the time but how do we use that same type of stuff to uh, to really start to foster really cool and innovative change that, yes, we need to change certain laws, but what can we do right now? You know, like that's that's a big thing. And so um, so if you guys have any ideas on that or if you're a coffee leader or coffee uh, manager, coffee person, coffee influencer at all, and you're in the uh, northwest area and you're like, hey, I have some tips for you guys or I want to get involved. Hey, give us a call. Use sustainable culture podcast at gmail.com. You can comment. You can do all that cool stuff. Um, and that would be really cool to start that conversation. Also, um, you know, Ty Paluska um, is a Doma guy. You can reach out to Doma. Yeah, and absolutely. We can, we can have that conversation that way. Um, you know, that would be really fun as well. So um, any any last words for the, for the people? No, nah, man. It's good. This is good. Thank you for letting me uh, be a part of this and offer some little bit of yeah insight i'm glad i'm glad we finally got together this has been no joke a hilariously long time getting together but this will be now that we know like a more schedule we can actually talk more yes this is good this is good i'm hoping this will lead to 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 more things for sure oh yeah absolutely so thank you guys once again uh i have been jet this here has been ty paluska thank you so much for visiting and and talking to us yeah thanks for having me and uh have a great night guys I, i hope you Join us next time. Thanks again for watching and listening to the show today. Do you have any suggestions on how to make your town's coffee scene more sustainable? What would you like to see your favorite coffee shop do to send the right message? Let us know in the comments or send an email at sustainableculturepodcast at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard, please consider liking, subscribing, and of course sharing us. You can find the Sustainable Culture Podcast on YouTube and any podcast listening platform of your choice. Remember to check back every other week for new episodes and content coming your way. I've been Jet McLaughlin, and I'll see you guys next time.